Hey everybody, happy Christmas Sunday. It's the Sunday before Christmas and on Christmas Eve, we have an amazing service uh, coming up for you. But today I'm about to preach on our new series, God With Us. But before we go into that, let me remind you that this is the day, December the 20th on Sunday that we have all uh, decided we're gonna pray and give our best Christmas offering. Well, for those of you who have been praying, this is the day to do it. Check out the link and all day long, you have an opportunity to give whatever you have purpose in your heart to give so that this lobby will be one of the areas in our building that will be transformed. I mean, think about it. Nine months ago, abruptly, we stopped having services in the building. And now by the time you get back, hopefully a lot of this will be done. We're future fitting the entire Columbia campus from the inside out. There used to be the Missions Cafe over there. We get some yummy coffee. Mmm, well guess what? We're still gonna be giving the missions and for those who served the Missions Cafe like Carol and all of her team, thank you so very much uh, for your service. Don't go too far because we're gonna have street fair, another place where we'll be able to have coffee and conversation and so that's coming down the road. Over here we'll have the Real Talk uh, corridor that will lead us not only outside, but will lead us down to the new chapel where we're going to have uh, weddings and funerals. So we're just so grateful that God's allowing us to make this place environmentally open and uh, have Zoom rooms where we can now future fit for the future, okay? Now, God has brought us from the past. This lobby was where we had services for 13 months after we came out of the cold from the parking lot. And many people heard messages here, sang songs here, prayed to receive Christ. And then after we moved into the theater, it became a place of buzz where people would go into services and come out of services. They would congregate, they would connect, they would pray with me, they would greet me. And so this lobby has been used for God's glory and we're going to continue to make it a place where the power of Christ can move throughout this entire Columbia campus. So would you do your best like Amber and I and give what you can. Listen, $25 is just as good as 250 depending on what you've been given to Stewart. 250 is just as good as 2500 or 250,000. It depends on what God's given you to Stewart. As long as you steward the money and your prayers and ask God what you can give joyful, joyfully and cheerfully, I'll be happy. All right, don't give if you feel under compulsion. Don't give if you feel guilty about it. Guilt offerings are over. You give what you can give joyfully, cheerfully and in faith and watch God bless you. We're trying to raise $500,000 by the end of the year. And if we do that, we'll step into the new year and we'll do the retrofitting on the inside, which costs us two and a half million dollars. We already have $2 million saved. So let's do it debt free, phase one. And here's the last thing, let me just say to you, we're not stopping ministry to those that are hungry, to those that are less fortunate. We fed over 1,000 to 1,100 people uh, with 44,000 pounds of food. We fed another 600 at Thanksgiving. We have Compassion International, World Vision, missionaries all over the world. We help our partners who are in benevolence need to pay a bill and things of that sort. Our generosity is off the charts. That's not going anywhere for those that are dealing with the struggles of COVID, we are there to help, but we can do both because we save for it, because we plan for it, and because we can leverage our uh, stewardship to bless the world now and into the future. 
So would you please make sure today you give your best Christmas gift offering and I'll announce next week or the week after what God has done yet again at Bridgeway Community Church. Now, come on, let's go read uh, the word of God from Psalm 46, as we already heard. And I'm going to preach a message on God being with us. Let's go. Have you ever wondered, what is God's phone number? You know, in 2003, Jim Carrey was in that movie, Bruce Almighty, and God's phone number was seen, 776-2323, with no area code, of course. After the movie, people all over the country dialed that number, 776-2323. Of course, uh, it's kind of funny unless you get the phone call in your area code. Hello, can I speak to God? Well, what exactly would cause you to call on God? When exactly do you call on God? What's God's phone number? More importantly, how do you call on God? You know, some people call on God like a 911 rescue call. When they get in trouble, they have an emergency, they urgently need God, they do a 911 prayer. Other people, the way they call on God, it's more like a 411 call. You know, you need more information from God. You need wisdom. You need discernment. You need direction. And so the times we come to God is when we're in dire straits, emergency, 911, help me, God, or direction, 411. God, can you tell me which way to go? Well, I want to talk to you not just about the numbers that you call or the way we go to God, but I want to talk to you today in this series, God With Us, that allows us to understand that God doesn't just want us to call on him, God wants us to actually be with him. We heard earlier from Psalm 46 that was read that the Lord Almighty is with us. God desires that you would treat him not just like a policeman or a fireman or an emergency EMT worker, God desires that you don't treat him just like an operator who disseminates information and makes connections for you. Believe it or not, God first and foremost wants us to know that he is God and we are not, but he desires to be with us anyway. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about God coming to be with us in a relationship. And I'm gonna talk more about that on Christmas Eve and I sure hope that you'll all join us then. But we must acknowledge that God is not only personal and he wants to be with us, but he's also powerful. And that's what Psalm 46 is all about. When the rest of the world is falling apart and shaking, God is saying, I got this. I'm in control and I'm with you. Let's go to that passage. If you have a copy of the scriptures, uh, Psalm 46 in verse one, one of my favorite verses. I remember my brother uh, over 30 some years ago gave me a Bible and he had highlighted that verse and he wrote it inside Psalm 46 one. It says this, God is our refuge and strength an ever present help in trouble. That's a good verse to memorize. But then the text goes on and it says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. 
nations, check out verse six, nations are in an uproar. How about our nation? Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. Verse seven, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations has brought, he has brought on the earth. So all the craziness and all the trouble, it's as if God has brought it himself. He allowed it to happen. It goes on to say, he makes wars to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire or the chariots with fire. But then after all of that's happening, mountains are falling and and waters are roaring and, and all this desolation is on the earth. In other words, the earth is being shaken and God's allowing it to happen. In fact, he is ordaining it to happen. Then you move into verse 10 and you know what he says? Be still and know that I'm God. In other words, while the rest of the world is shaking, you can know that if you have a relationship with me, that I am in control. It ends in verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Can I give you three truths about God that we can hold on to when our world is shaking? Three truths about God that we can hold on to when our world is shaking. Here's the first one, and we find it in verse one, and that is this, God is our security. It says in verse one, God is our refuge and strength. Well, the words refuge and strength is really just one word in the original language uh, that the Bible was written in from the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, and the words refuge and strength really is just one word, which is stronghold. God is our stronghold, or other words that are like it, high place. God is our retreat. In other words, when things get crazy, you can run to the top of the mountain and there's a stronghold there in the midst of war. There's a high place, there's a retreat. And what the writer is saying is that God is my retreat. God is my stronghold. God is my high place. Uh, The first of three truths that we can hold on to when the world is shaking around us is that God is our security. That means he protects us. He simply doesn't want to provide security, which he does. He is security. When you are in Christ, you are secure. When the rains are coming and you are in the boat like Noah and his family and the animals, no matter what hits the outside, it never hits the inside, you are protected. When you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you are protected. And one of the truths that we can hold on to, no matter what's going on in our crazy world, and that is this, God is our security. But here's a second truth that you could hold on to, and that is this. God is our sufficiency. It goes on to say in verse two that he's a ever present help in trouble, a very present help in trouble. God is my refuge and my strength. Uh, Verse one B actually, uh, an ever present help in trouble. Not only is God our security, But God is our sufficiency, very present in the original language. Actually, it's beautiful. It means abundant. It means exceedingly. God can provide exceedingly, very present, ever present help. God, not only will you protect me, but you'll provide for me. You are my sufficiency. You see, God is more than sufficient help. 
God is there to provide whatever you need in the midst of everything going on around you. So you stand behind him as your stronghold and he's right there to provide everything that you need in the midst of whatever is going on. There is nothing that will overtake you that God can't take over. Let me say it again. There's nothing that can overtake you that God can't take over. So the next time you feel like you're being overtaken and overwhelmed, remember God can take it over. Remind yourself that God, you're my security. God, you're my sufficiency. And whatever comes against you is no match for almighty God. Somebody needed to hear that today. What have we learned so far? That God's our security. God's our sufficiency. And the third truth that you can hold on to, and that is this. God is our company. God is our company. You see, not only is God our security who protects us and our sufficiency who provides for us, but God wants to personally be with us and he is our company that's present with us. We find it in verses seven and 11. In verse seven, it says, the Lord is, here it is, with us. Remember our series is God with us. Christmas, we're talking about God with us, Emmanuel. But here we find in verse seven, it says, the Lord is with us. We see it again in verse 11. Guess what it says? The Lord is with us. And so what I understand is not only is God my security and sufficiency, he'll provide me with everything I need, but God is my company. He's in the stronghold with me. We are, we are together. You know what? The next time you start feeling shaken, anybody feel shaken in 2020? Anybody feel shaken during this season of the pandemic? Anybody feel shaken because of all that has happened in our country with racial tension? Anybody feel shaken because of what has happened with the economy or with your job? Anybody feel shaken because of what has happened with the health concerns of your body or or your family? The next time you feel shaken, I don't want you to think of a 9-11 phone call, 9-1-1, or a 4-1-1 informational phone call. I want you to think of Psalm 46, 7 and 11. God wants that kind of a relationship with us. Not just a 911 relationship. Not just a 411 relationship. But a 711 relationship. Psalm 46, 7. Psalm 46, 11. The Lord is with us. The Lord is is with me. 7-Eleven. Hey, next time you drive by one, it's not just a company. Let it remind you that God wants to be your company. God wants a 24-7 relationship of presence with you. 7-Eleven. Psalm 46. Now, we find also in this passage only two commands. One, he says, come and see. And he talks about the desolation. He's, he's like, come and see all the, the desolation. And then he says, be still. Come and see, be still. First, he tells us to look. Then he tells us to let go. He says, look, look at all the shaking. In other words, don't put your head in the sand. Don't bury your head in the sand. Look up, see the mess. Don't turn away from the devastations. Look up. See how bad it is. Don't turn away from the injustice. See it. 
It's not fake news. Don't turn away from the pandemic. See it. It's not fake news. And by the time, by, by the way, every single time someone dismisses it as fake news, you let them know that there are people in my church who have passed away this year. That's not fake news. That there are healthcare workers who give every hour of their day to sit with people who are sick. That's not fake news. And every time you dismiss it, you dishonor those who are fighting and struggling and mourning. Every time you dismiss it, you dishonor the healthcare workers who are putting their lives on the line. Friends, don't dismiss it. But don't dwell on it either. Sometimes you just have to turn off CNN, turn off MSNBC, turn off Fox News, and turn on Family Feud. <laughs> That's what I do. When I just want mindless television, I'll turn on Family Feud. No stress in that at all. Sometimes inappropriate, but no stress. And I'm always laughing. And you know what? Sometimes that's what we need. We fixate on politics and news for so long that our spirit begins to sour from the inside out. Yes, I know that people are dying. And yes, I'm doing funerals and taking phone calls uh, throughout the week, every single week. And yes, I pray with people when I walk with people. Yes, I pray for my family. Yes, I try to keep my family safe. No, we didn't have grandma and all of my uh, family members over for Thanksgiving because you know what? My mom's 87 and I want her to be just fine. I hate the fact that she might be all alone on Thanksgiving and we did call. But the reality is I want more Thanksgivings with my mom and I want more Thanksgivings with you. And so while some of you may write me and call me and ask me questions about when we're going to open up the church building, the reality is I'll take negative comments about that before I open the building and it becomes a super spreader place because I want to hug you in that lobby again. I want to sit out at street fair for our 30 year anniversary. I want to be able to, to, to elbow with you, fist pump with you hug you. Some of you, I may even kiss you on the cheek when I see you, but that's what I want. But I still look at the desolation. I don't dismiss it, but sometimes I have to turn it off and turn on Family Feud. And I'll have those dumb Steve Harvey jokes and I'll go through and be, that was really, really dumb. But you know what? In this text, it says, look at it and then let go. Part of letting go is going even beyond the dumbness of family feud and television. What the Lord says is be still. That's when you turn it off. No family feud, no CNN, maybe no music, just be still. Reflect, let your thoughts come into your mind. Begin to meditate on the very presence of God. And know that while the rest of the world is shaken, you're behind your stronghold. You're cared for by the sufficiency of Almighty God. And you can be still and know that he is God. Well, what have we said? We said that God, God's got this. No matter what you are going through, God's got this. He is our security. He is our sufficiency. Most of all, he is our company. 
no matter what it is you're going through, I think you need to understand like this man finally understood when he was coming home from church one day and he was walking down a dark road after the evening service and he saw some gang members coming toward him and he stood right there and wondered, God, is this the last day of my life? They were too close for him to run. And so he said, God, be my refuge and be my strength and ever present help in trouble. And he stood there and he knew that this was his moment And as those gang members were coming toward him, all of a sudden they stopped. They looked at him and then they turned around and they ran. The man looked around, the boy looked around and he says, I don't know what just happened, but thank you, God. Several days later, the boy went to a funeral of one of the one of the gang members, evidently, and he noticed another gang member that he saw that night. And after the service was over, he asked the gang member, he goes, man, why why didn't y'all beat me up? I thought I might lose my life that night and this could have been my funeral to which the gang member responded like this. He says, man, do you think we're crazy? We saw that army behind you and they looked fierce. We knew that that was a battle we would lose. (laughs) Somebody needs to hear me today that God's got your back. You see, God had commanded angels concerning that young man, and they thought that they saw an army behind him. Even though he knew he was standing alone, God says, no, my angels, you go and stand behind them. And those gang members, you know what they saw? They didn't see that man. They saw the army of angels that God had put behind them. And I bet you he made them look mean and fierce, enough for those gang members to turn around and run away. And God can command a Psalm 91 in your life as well. This is what it says. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Next time you feel like the world is shaking, you say, God, be my refuge and my strength. And the way Psalm 91 opens, listen to verses one and two. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. You plus God equals the majority. You plus God are walking into that surgery. You plus God are walking into that business deal. You plus God are walking onto that plane. You plus God are walking into that courtroom. You plus God are walking into that counseling session. You plus God are walking into that marriage. You plus God may be walking into that funeral. But remember, God is your sufficient helper. Can you say, God is my sufficiency? Someone needs to declare that today. God is my sufficiency. Can you say it? God is my sufficiency. Can you say, God is my security? God is my security. Can you say, God is my company? God is my company. See, when you believe that back to Psalm 46, one where it says, for God is my refuge and strength, a very present or an ever present help in trouble. You get to verse two and you get a new resolve. It says, therefore, 
Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, Selah, which means rest. That means you can say, I'm not scared or I'm not scared. You can kick fear to the rear and you can say, I will not be afraid. It doesn't mean that you don't feel fear, but he made a declaration when he wrote it. He goes, therefore, we will not fear. You can say that even when you're afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not just face my fears. I will face my fears. And sometimes you have to speak things as if they were. You can speak yourself out of fear. You may be afraid at first, but as you begin to declare, God is my security. God is my sufficiency. God is my company. I will not fear. God is my refuge and strength in a very present help in trouble. When you begin to quote it and you begin to say it by faith, you will begin to believe it. And once you begin to believe it, look out enemy because you're not going to be able to touch me when I stand in my faith. Because when you look at me, you no longer see me. You see the angels behind me that are looking pretty fierce and you will not take me. You will not consume me. Christmas is not just about a baby coming. It's about a cradle that moved to a cross, that moved to a resurrection that gives eternal life so that we can be with God forever and he can be with us forever and forevermore there will be no more desolation. There will be no more storms. There will be no more broken hearts. The only thing there will be is us with God and God with us. And if you ever get that, then you'll know what Christmas is is all about. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, for every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice, I pray that they would ask you even now to be their security, to be their sufficiency, and to be their company. God, would you come into our hearts, cleanse us from our sins, Help us to walk with you forevermore. For it is in Jesus' name we place our trust in you today. And we will hold on to 7-Eleven. The Almighty God is with us. Amen and amen.